Please be seated. Please be seated. Thank you, worship team. Can we actually put our hands together for these guys? They are amazing. They are talented. They are gifted. They are anointed. I'm always blessed to have this wonderful team behind me leading us in a powerful time of worship. And that also goes for, you know, the Malayalam theme that we have at our church. You know, we, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I tell you this, you know, I, I love the fact that we are a spirit-filled Pentecostal Bible-believing church. Amen. Hallelujah. That we, we worship God no matter what circumstance that we are in. But our theology helps us to understand that we worship God. I may have gone through failures last week, but today I stand here just because of His grace and I am here to lift up the name of Jesus. So my request to our church is that when you gather around in a service like this, don't be a spectator. Don't be, just, don't be a person who just watches what is happening, but just tune into the atmosphere and start worshiping God. Maybe your neighbor is not in the frequency of worshiping God. That's okay. But you can tap on the shoulder or slap your neighbor and let them know, hey, you know what? I am here. I'm already tapped into the frequency of worship. Don't slap them, okay? I'm so sorry. But <laughs> what I'm saying here, what I'm suggesting is just let them know, hey, I have tapped into the presence of God. I am here to worship. You better stand with me. If you stand with me, worship with me. Praise the Lord. How many of you are happy this morning? I'm excited. I'm excited every time I come to church. I've mentioned it many times earlier. Even when people are not here, I speak to empty pews. I walk around these empty pews. And during weekdays, I come here and I, I spend my time when I'm, I am here. I walk around and I speak that life into that situation. So I'm let, letting you know, wherever you're sitting right now, I have spent hours in those pews praying for each of you. And I walk around declaring His faithfulness over his, your life. May the Lord continue to bless you, prosper you, and lead you. We serve a God who's omnipotent. He is powerful. I don't know what you're facing in the Ningal Ayrik and the Mandala Menikariatilla, Enika Vishaya Marienda, Vashenik Urikaria Mariam, and the Deva Mividonda. I know one thing my God is in this house. He is powerful. Hold on to Him. Hang on to Him. Hang on to Him. There's something that I read the other day. It's not part of my preaching, uh, uh, but I just read it. It was so profound that I wanted to mention. If you're hanging on to something and that is the last resolve of your life, hang on to the hem of his garment. You will never be disappointed. Do you understand what I meant to say here? If you're hanging on something for you and that's the last resolve of your life, hang on to the hem of his garment. And you will never be disappointed. And this morning, if all you're hanging on with your faith is the hem of his garment, can I tell you, when Jesus looked back, that lady who was an issue with blood uh, for 12 years, immediately she was saved. She was delivered. I don't know what your situation is, my friend. But today, if we are getting to hold on to just the hem of his garment, there is a miracle in your life. He's a promise keeper. He will work wonders in your life. And I, I'm sure that when I preach to this church every Sunday, I know I preach to miracles here. The reason I share that is because each of our life itself is a miracle from God. Just think about it. A year ago, Two years ago, three years ago, we were anxious about certain things. We didn't know how it would happen. We didn't know, Lord, will this really happen in my life? Oh, the prophet came and prophesied and the prophet has gone wherever he has gone for the next assignment. But Lord, I am living this life and I don't see an answer from you at all. I have lived through enough of fasting prayers and all the prophets came, prophesied over me. I have a neck pain because all the prophets just exercised their strength over my head. 
But I have received nothing so far. But my message to you sometimes is, is today is sometimes God takes us through a season of silence. If we cannot hear God in the silence, we will never understand when he actually speaks those words. And we are in a series, and today I'm excited. This is a part six of our series that we will be doing, Uncomfortable, Uncomfortable Moments of Our Life. And last week we looked into the uh, aspect of our, uh, the uncomfortable calling, and we looked to the life of Samuel. We understood that in the early morning, Samuel did not want to wake up, but the word of the Lord came and he woke up to the call. He ran to the right contact who pushed him to God. So your contacts will help you where you are directed in your life. Your right contacts will help you to be directed to God Almighty. And this morning, I want to bring your attention real quick and I want to proclaim to you a season of silence, about a season of silence. Oftentimes, we have fasting prayers and I have met with a lot of people because in my pastoral journey, I communicate with people and when I talk to them, I have this understanding that people oftentimes take fasting prayer to hear immediately something from God. People spend prayer or they cultivate a habit of prayer just because they want to hear something from God. But oftentimes we forget that even in the silence, God is talking to us. That we need to value the silence of God. Can I tell you something? In the Old Testament, the one of the greatest patriarchs that we see in the Old Testament or the father of faith. Who's the father of faith? Abraham. And what we see in Abraham's life, God promised in his life, but there was a 13 years of silence that Abraham had to cultivate and increase his faith in those 13 years. And after 13 years, God interrupts in his silence and proclaims a word of life into the life of Abraham. And he says, Abram, Abram, you no longer will be called Abram, but you will be called as Abraham. I am going to bless you so that you will be a blessing for nations around. And after 13 years of silence, God interrupts into that moment. I am here speaking into somebody's life. You might be going through a season of silence in your life. Hey, can I tell you, there is a season to keep quiet and there is a season to proclaim His good news. And that's what the Word of God helps us to understand. This might be a season of your obscurity. This might be a season of your silence and that you're not hearing anything. That will pass away. That will pass away. Something that we have to understand. Yeah, in this season of silence, we must cultivate the habit of leaning on to God. Amen. So why does God bring seasons of silence in our life? Why does God, bless you Sean, why does God, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just want to make it very, very family, very family conversation here. Is it okay? Praise the Lord. I just want to keep it very family conversations. And I love to do more than, you know, me standing here and standing here as a pastor and preaching a 30 minute, three point message and walking out. I want to do life with you guys. And that's what I want as a pastor. And that's why I love working with each of you. I pull jokes, you pull jokes on me. I love that. Anyway, let's go into that. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Seasons of life. Job chapter 30. Job chapter 30, verse 20. Job chapter 30, verse 20. This is how it goes. I cry to you for help and you do not answer me. I stand and you only look at me. Like look at that. Uh, the way uh, Job is proclaiming those words here. Lord, I cry to you for help. 
Well, I know that the help comes from you. You're the only one that can help me in the mess that I am. So I look to you for help. And you do not answer me. What well, is that's legit, right? Is that a, is that, that's a legit prayer right there. Lord, I look to you because you're the only hope that I have in my life. If there was anybody else that could answer me, if there's anybody else that can help me in this situation, I will definitely run to them. But because I don't find answers in the three friends that I have, and because I don't find answers in the people that surrounded me, I have come to you. And I pray, I look for an answer from you. And we know the story of Job. I don't want to go in details. But here is Job chapter 30 verse 20. I cried to you for help and you do not answer me. I don't know if there's anybody in this room right now or might be tuning into later during our podcast or YouTube or wherever you are tuning in from. But you might be in a situation where you are crying unto God. You're praying and you have fasting prayers. You're holding on a time separate with God but you don't hear anything. And maybe your voice or your words, you know, sometimes are the same words that Job is using. Job 30, 20. It says, I cried to you for help and you do not answer me I stand and you only look at me look at the pain the emotional struggle that Job is going through are you with me church that Job is going through Lord I've been crying I'm all by myself my family is gone my body is filled with sores I have so many anxiety and struggles that I'm facing all by myself I have nobody to support me and all that I have is you and I look to you and you look at me and just stand there doing nothing and sometimes we feel that all the pain I am going through the rejection I am going through the suffering I have been through of the the, the 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 stuff that I am dealing with I am doing this by myself and there's nobody helping me at all am I talking to some moms here who might think that I am all by myself and I have no support am I talking to some single moms who like I am all by myself am I talking to some fathers here sometimes the pressure of fatherhood falls onto your shoulders that you are the one the sole one to bring the bread and butter and the bacon on the table and and you got to take care the spiritual atmosphere of your family as a priest and you can't take all that pain over yourself and really we need to address this to the men separately but if I address to this men separately on these issues the women never understand what the men actually go through and this is something that we need to understand in our culture today because we have a lot of uh, 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 magazines for the women. We have a lot of blogs for the better health of the women. I value you guys. But there is nothing and except for few magazines that will come up how to build your triceps and your biceps and your... Praise the Lord. But there is something more that the men has to do within a family circumstances. That in a moment of silence that you are all by yourself, you are the one to protect your family. You're the one that God has anointed and appointed as a priest in your family. And men in our culture are losing that value within the family circumstances. In a culture like America or Western cultures, we see that, that the value has been diminished totally within the family circumstances. 
And when God instituted marriage, God did not institute marriage that men was above or men was you know, superior or something. It was, it was not a, 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 the, the, the power, control of power there. It was a collaboration of power that God brought two people together in the union. But understand, sometimes your families may go through a season of silence. And Job would help us to understand in those moments when you cry out to God, when you cry out to God, there is a season that you cry out to God and you're all by yourself. There's nobody supporting you. You're all by yourself. Dad, you're all by yourself. You're pressing in forward and you're all by yourself. In those moments, you have to understand, it was only in Job chapter 38, God spoke to him. And so he had to develop certain practices within himself. He had to practice that I will not lose hope. I know I have so many questions, but I'm not going to lose my hope here. And only in verse 30, chapter 38, you see when you read those scriptures in 38, you don't have to go there, but you see, and the Lord spoke in a storm. God spoke in a storm. And, you know, let, let's read, you know, that's not part of the scriptures that I brought it out to you, but I'm going to read it just, just uh, Job chapter 38, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm and he said, who is this that obscures my plans with words? Listen to this. With words, without knowledge. This is God talking to Job, right? Now God is asking a question back to Job. Who is this that messes up my plan? Who is this that speaks with the words of knowledge? Who is this? And verse 3, this is the word of God. To Job's life, brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. In, in 30 chapter 20, in Job 30 chapter 20, the, the scripture that we read earlier, who is asking the question? Who is asking the question? Job is asking the question. He's asking a girl, I am all by myself in the season and you don't care about me. I'm all by myself and you don't answer me in my pain, in my struggle. But in 38, verse 1, what do you read? God is asking a question to Job. And God replies back in the storm. After the moment of silence that developed the faith in Job's life. And you see, after chapter 38, everything that Job had to say was words of faith. You know why? Because there was a season of silence in Job's life where he was cultivating the faith life in himself. And you come across the scripture here says, I will ask the question and you better answer me, Job. Who made the earth? Who made the heavens? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? You, you, I don't need your help. I don't need your help to build anything. I don't need your help. I need no help from you to answer questions. I am from the very beginning. Where were you? When I laid the foundation of the earth, where were you, man? Where were you? And we stand and we have the audacity to ask questions to God. Of course, we go through painful situations in our life, which pushes us to ask questions, which is okay. But do not lose hope. In the moments of silence, God is building faith within yourself. Moments of silence, He wants you to come closer and closer to Him. I have shared this here many times earlier. There was an instance when Josiah once, I was upstairs working on something. Josiah was downstairs and I was calling out, Josiah, Josiah. 
He said, Dada, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And I said, better come closer. You will hear me. This moment of silence. Sometimes we can't hear God. But as we come closer, it becomes very clear what He is speaking to us. So in the moments of silence, number one, God is building our faith. Number two, He's wanting us to come closer to Him. In most scenarios and cases, people actually run away. And I know there's a lot of folks that, you know, if you, um, you know, I love my father-in-law. Just going to use father-in-law joke right now. <laughs> and he says, yes, sorry. <laughs> but I'm just going to share it, right? So my, when my father-in-law, my father in grace, my father in love, uh, you know, when Papa, you know, I call him Papa. So when he was in India all by himself, right? You know, he, he, he didn't like to stay by himself, but his family was here. So all he did was, to, in order to cut noise, what he did was he, he used to play music all through the house. In the entire five-acre property that they have, he had speakers on every tree. He had speakers in every nook and corner of the property. And they are like, you know, because I am all by myself and I walk outside, I don't want to feel that I'm lonely. So I wanted voices to help me. I don't want silence. I don't like silence. Have you ever been in those places where you are Asked to stay by yourself and you play music or you play some TV shows running. There's a pastor. I met a brother a couple of years ago, and the brother said, Pastor, you know, whenever I come to church, whenever the past my pastor starts speaking, I sleep. And I asked him, Why, why what happened? Why what happened? And he said, Pastor, the problem is, you know, many years ago, many months ago, I started a new habit. And the habit was that whenever I want to sleep, I I, I start. Uh, you know, on the YouTube or on the radio, I start playing some preaching. And every time some preaching goes on, you know, I immediately sleep. And this pastor puts me to sleep. So this man, he went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, you know what? Every day you put me to sleep. Pastor was very happy. Pastor said, oh my, my words are so good that I can put to sleep somebody who had a problem with sleeping. But the brother said, you know, Pastor, you know, actually you're so boring. And don't tell that to your pastor. <laughs> Season of silence. How do you develop yourself? How do you develop yourself? Number one, building your faith. Number two, coming closer to God. Let's look into another aspect here. Matthew chapter 15, verse 23. A beautiful scripture, and this is the scripture that I actually wanted to preach, start preaching here. But today I'm just going to start here. Matthew chapter 15, verse 23. It says, Jesus did not answer a single word. Jesus did not answer a single word. You have to understand here. The speaking of God becomes very profound only if we tap into the silence of God. What makes the speaking of God more profound is the silence of God. And here in Matthew chapter 15 verse 23, Jesus, Jesus did not answer a single word. I mean, just imagine you are running to Jesus and you're asking Jesus questions. You're asking Jesus for a help. And then Jesus does not even respond back. Are you with me? Just imagine you're calling your friend in time of need and help. And your friend never answers your call. And he never bothers to check on you again. How do you feel? What's your heart's condition? What, 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 what is your heart's priority in that moment? What are you going to do? But here in the story, we all understand the story. There's a mom, a Canaanite mom, who has come to Jesus for her daughter. And her daughter is going through something very bad. She's possessed with demon and she's going through very bad. 
And she needs help. And that's why she comes to Jesus for help. You know, by, I mean, we understand from the scripture, whosoever comes to Jesus will never be put ashamed. He will answer everybody. But understand this. Here is this scripture right in front of you. Your scriptures that Jesus did not answer a single word. Jesus answered a, not a single word. Why? Why? Because in those moments of silence, God wanted to build faith in somebody's life. Let's read that scriptures as we look into Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 onwards. I'm going to read it for you. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. Verse 24, he answered, I was sent only to lost sheep of Israel. Verse 25, listen to this very carefully. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Women, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Listen to this carefully. And her daughter was healed at that moment moment. In another translation that I was reading earlier in my meditation, I came across this word that was saying uh, her daughter was healed at that very moment. The moment Jesus spoke life, her daughter was healed. But you have to understand, there's a point and the reference given here that Jesus did not speak a what? A single word. A single word. How devastated your life will be when you come across somebody who never responds to you. Praise the Lord. Relationship is fueled with reactions. You, gotta, you need some sort of reaction in relationship to thrive. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? In relationship, when somebody says, I love you, you need a reaction back. If it's just, I love you, one from one side, and you don't get any reaction. I'm so sorry. I'm picking on you today. You look good today, by the way. We match, right? Yeah. So you don't, if you don't get any reaction back, right? You keep saying, I love you to that person. You don't get a reaction back. How long will you keep saying that? Not long. So you will try finding somebody else who will give you a reaction back. That, truth. Come on. That's honestly, that's how it happens. So in every relationship, it needs a reaction. And reactions fuel the relationship. And in our relationship with God, oftentimes just because we did not hear from God, we think He is absent. He is not working. He is no longer interested in my life. He is no longer want to save me. But can I tell you, it was just a moment of silence in the life that God has proclaimed in this lady's life. But she developed a faith attitude. You know what God, Jesus called her? Jesus called her, in other words, I don't want to give the best thing to the dogs. You dog? I don't want to do that. Bread belongs to the children. 
I don't want to give it to you. I don't want to give it to you. Jesus was really pushing her, pressing her, her emotions. She could either, she could have ran away from God. Said, are you kidding me? Everybody told that I need to come to you to be saved. Everybody told that my answer is found only through Jesus. And I come to you, you chase me away, and you call me a dog? What kind of leader are you? What kind of teacher are you? What kind of, who calls you savior? Are you really Jesus? Did I miss the address? And that's why she went to all our disciples, Jesus' disciples, and kept urging him, is this really Jesus? What's going on, man? I mean, I went to him for a healing. He doesn't answer me. He calls me dog. Just look at that image. Just look at that image. She was ostracized by Jesus, pushed away. She was called something that normally people don't like to identify ourselves. We love dogs. But if somebody called her one, call us one, no. She was pushed away. But in that moment of silence, she built her faith back. You know what she said? And that reply of hers healed her daughter instantly. Why? She said, even the crumbs that fall from the master's table, dogs get to eat it. Lord, if it is little bit that I get in my life, I know there's a moment of silence, but we know, God, that you interrupt the silence. When you speak the word of life, my daughter will be healed. I don't care how long your silence is, but during this moment of silence, I press in forward, knowing my answer comes only from you. Are you with me, church? Are you with Just imagine yourself in the shoes of that lady. She is pushed away, chased away. Everybody looks down on her. She's been asking Jesus, begging Jesus for a miracle of our daughter. I know there are parents here who might be crying and weeping for your children. I know fathers here might be holding your family together. It could be hard and you feel the pressure on your shoulders or there's somebody here who might go through that in future times. But let me help you understand, in the moments of silence, come closer to God. Build your faith back up again and let Him know, Lord, even if it is a little bit, I am happy for a little bit, even if it is a hem of your garment, I am ready to capture that alone because I know there's a healing virtue that flows from the hem of your garment. Hallelujah. 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 Even if you get a little piece of Jesus, you will be healed, my brother. And now I have to take your attention towards, as I mentioned, there was, you know, sometimes if you, and I have seen this, people who have been healed when they have rightfully taken a portion out of the Holy Communion. People, and I know those testimonies, people have been healed that when they have rightfully extended their hand and taken part of the Holy Communion. Even a single piece of bread, you don't need to eat the entire, single piece with that faith in your heart that my Savior's body was broken and bruised so that I will have life. 
so that the healing virtue of God, and I declare this over the life of my church, that even if it is a single moment spent with God, you might have 13 years of silence. One word is enough to change your life completely. I look to the life of some young ones here, and I declare one word of God will change your life completely. I look into the life of the church, and I prophesy in Jesus' name. I prophesy and declare it might be a season of silence you are going through but my God will interrupt in that silence and out of the storm he will speak out and he will bring forth life out of the death situations hallelujah praise the Lord I was so excited when I was reading this word and I was I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday as I was meditating on the scriptures I, I honestly, I on my as I was sitting there, I sensed a powerful anointing. I'm like, Lord, how true that is, right? And the lady comes to Jesus for help, and he calls her dog. But in that moment of silence, when Jesus spoke no word, she was building her faith. She was coming closer. Disciples, you know what the disciples asked Jesus to do? Send her away. Let her go. We can do anything with her, right? Let her go. That was the disciples. But Jesus, what did Jesus say? It's okay. He didn't speak anything. Then later, during that moment of silence, she came closer to Jesus. People tried pushing her away. She came closer to Jesus. What is your heart's condition, my friend? What does your moment look like today? And if that's you, I ask you, come forward. Push in forward. March forward. People may chase you away, call names, pull you out. It's okay. That's their job. But in the moments of silence, God is developing your faith. He wants you to come. So if you have been praying, if there's somebody here who's been praying for months, years, sudden breakthroughs to happen in your life, and you see God is not working, can I tell you? He might be silent, but he is not still. He might be silent, but he is not still. Because theologically, the word helps us to understand, my God, he's always on the move. He's working. Even when I don't see it, he is working. Even when I don't feel it, he is working. He's all around me. And I want to encourage some of you. As you are listening to this word, parents, mothers, everybody, as you're listening to this, he is working for you. Might be going through a season of silence, my friend, but he is working. Turn to your neighbor, look, put a smile on your face and let them know he is working for you. Come on. Put a smile on your face. Let them know he is working. Encourage somebody. The body of Christ must encourage one another. He is working. He is working for you. Don't misinterpret God's silence as his rejection. Don't misinterpret that. His silence is not a rejection. He is working. In the moments of silence, he is developing us, building our character, helping us coming closer to God. You know what? Character is built when nobody's around you. The character is not built when you have people around you. What you are when you're all by yourself. What you are when you're all surrounded by is the silence of the world. That you're all by yourself what you really are. Your character is developed there. So in the moments of silence, God wants to build a healthy character in you. That you come closer to him and let him know, God, I, all that I am is giving, being given to you. And I pray you will multiply me so that I can be a blessing for many others. In the moments of silence, 
God is building us. Another scripture that I want to read here is Psalm 22 and the worship team can come behind me. Psalm 22 verse 1 and 2. Psalm 22 verse 1 and 2. It goes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we know the same story. We see the same story in whose life? In Jesus' life. In the New Testament, when Jesus was on the cross, what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see the same portion here. Psalm 22, verse 1 and 2. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day and you do not answer. And by night, I find no rest. I'm sure there's somebody here. And as I was writing those, down those scriptures and meditating on these words, the Lord was helping me understand. There's some people here who wanted to hear this message. Even if it is just one person who wanted to hear this message, I declare his silence is developing you. You're asking, Lord, my God, my God, have you forsaken me? Have you left me to die? I am surrounded by my enemies. I feel surrounded, but I'm surrounded by my enemies. I can't see an answer, Lord. But can I tell you, my friends, hearing my message today, you might look being surrounded, but you're surrounded by the angels of protection. You might feel like you're covered, but you're covered by the protective power of our God Almighty. You might see that there's no answer of a certain situation that you've been praying for. You might be praying the Lord, my God, my God, what? I am in forsaken by everybody. Everybody around me has forsaken. Can I tell you, people may leave you and forget you. My God doesn't forget. He loves you. He is for you. And this morning, I want to encourage each one of you. My God is all by your side. He leads you, my friend. I don't know what your life situation may look like, but I declare He is leading you. You might be in a situation of filled with storms and struggles of life. But He is with you, my friend. He loves you. He is with you. Might be going through a season of silence. He is developing your character. I am praying that in those moments of silence, you are pushed to come closer to God. You are pushed step forward to God. Men in the house, moments of silence, that you think, how can these things happen? How can I... You know, rely on God in the moment of silence. I don't find a hope here. But can I tell you, men, spend time with God. In our culture, I declare, there should be a shift. Men are appointed as the priest of the house. And I declare, the men in our household will step into what God has asked us to do it. Moments of silence in your life situation. And I pray, may the blessing of God release over your life. Can we all stand up in God's house? Let's all stand up in God's house. As I began helping our church understand here, before we deal with the speaking of the Lord, we always must deal with the silence of God. Before we deal with the speaking of God, we must deal with the silence of God. Develop yourself. Come closer to God. Take moments in your life. Take moments in your life. Last week, a couple of you guys encouraged me back saying, Pastor, thank you for helping us understand how important is the reading of God's Word. 
Anisha and I, we are in a competition right now. We are in a very healthy competition of who is going to read the Bible the fastest. She got a new Bible and all I see is she's writing down notes and reading through our Bible. She's ahead of me. That's a healthy competition that we have. That we want to read the scriptures. I encourage families standing here in the moments of silence. Treasure God's word. If you can treasure God's word, you will hear God's word. Treasure God's word in your heart. So that even when you are old, God's word will help you thrive come up in your life. Let's pray. As we sing these songs, may the Lord bless each one of us.